You're listening to the Beauty Me podcast, which is all about beauty without the BS. If you're interested in how the worlds of beauty and wellness are intertwined, or you're obsessed with daily rituals of skincare and self-care, or you just want to know the latest when it comes to new beauty, this is for you. I'm your host, Sharice Kenyon. This week's guest is freelance beauty journalist and brand consultant, Ava Welsing Kitcher. I think I've been following Ava on Instagram for a few months now, and I was just really attracted to her glow, basically. She's definitely got that, the influencer glow, but at the same time, she's got extensive experience in beauty journalism. She's worked at the Sunday Time Style, she's worked at Stylist, In Style, and she really knows her way, especially around the digital space where beauty is concerned. She's also got amazing hair. So I invited her on because I wanted to talk to her as part of my wellness month. March for me, I just really wanted to have a focus on how wellness crosses over into beauty, how we feel can affect how we look and how we look can affect how we feel. So Ava was like my first guest who I wanted to talk about wellness with. So in this episode, I wanted to ask her, of course, about how she got into beauty journalism, but I really wanted to find out from her as an influencer who, you know, on Instagram looks beautiful, glowing, perfect, every post. I wanted to find out from her what it's like, has she had those down days? I wanted to find out how she dealt with things on those days, how she... Well, we're going to talk a lot about how many times she's moved. And I feel like the way she has lived has set her up to be, she's got like a very open approach to what happens next in her career. So this is a great episode if you just want to find out how somebody else has coped during lockdown. Of course, if you want to find out how she gets her glow, she's definitely going to give the routine in there. So let me know what you think. Tell me about your morning routine. Well my morning routine so I think in order to understand my morning routine I'm a Virgo so routines are what gives me life it makes me feel the most settled but on the other side of it I'm very uh bad at having a morning routine so being a Virgo I'm very hard on myself when I don't stick to my morning routine and that because of lockdown that's more often than not um you know, as we're coming up to like, I guess, the anniversary of, of lockdown life, mm. um, it makes me think about how when lockdown started, I really struggled with waking up early. I'm not, I'm not, not a morning person, but I'm also, um, you know, I, I like to, I don't like to be waking up abruptly. I don't like to be waking up too early. Mm. Um I love sleeping, but I'm the most functional in the morning. So Mm. when lockdown hit, I was so exhausted. When I woke up at my usual time that I would be waking up to get ready to go to the office, Mm. I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. And I think a term came out a bit later on as we got to grips called um, burnout. What was it? It's like delayed burnout. Okay. Um, And it's basically that feeling of when you've been going and going and going nonstop for so long. So then when you finally stop and rest, your body is like sludge. Yeah. So I had that and I thought I need to 
undo some of my Virgo ways and let my morning routine be what my body wants. So if I need to sleep in and work from bed till 12 o'clock and then get up, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be too hard on myself. Mm -hmm. If I happen to have a really good night's sleep, I wake up early naturally. I mean, for me, I get so many deliveries that often my postman is my alarm clock. (laughs) (laughs) And so for me, my morning routine might be, you know, the doorbell rings. I get up suddenly, (laughs) go and say to him, okay, leave it on the doorstep. That's my decision whether I get back in bed or I go down and get it (laughs) and then start my day. Um, But all of that aside, long answer short, I think my ideal morning routine, and it's the thing which makes me feel best and most prepared for the day, is waking up, maybe doing a few like stretches in bed, like child's pose Mm -hmm. and things like that. Literally anything which means that as much of my body is is on the mattress as possible, I'll do. Mm -hmm. Um, If I drink a big glass of water when I wake up it has to be like ice cold I keep it in like my my swell water bottle so it stays ice cold will wake me up go to the bathroom do my business and doing a skincare routine in the morning is so crucial to me even if I'm getting back into bed I just feel like, you know, especially if your bed is by the window, the mm-hmm. sun is going on your face. I don't feel comfortable being in the sun without SPF. Right. And I, it's just something about removing the morning, you know, crust and yeah. leftover and just ticking off a task for the day, which isn't a basic need like going to the toilet mm-hmm. or drinking water. Mm-hmm. It makes, it really sets me up for the rest of the day to be not even productive because I lockdown has made me really change um my relationship with the word productivity it just makes me feel um it's self-care it's an act of self-care and it's a it's a ritual which has which makes me feel like you know even if I'm gonna have a really lazy day I've done this one thing to take care of myself yeah um and then just a couple of a couple of like little bits I usually like incense or I'm a big fan of like candles in the morning because why not candles yeah. any hour of the day <laughs> um scent is a big part I have to open my window get like a huge gush of fresh air in even when it was snowing um and yeah love that so tell me about the products though because you have got an incredible glow going on so what's your usual go-to's so I'm going through a bit of a shift right now because I had a um, virtual consultation with a dermatologist called okay. Deja Ayodele. Okay. By the way, Deja Ayodele has actually been a guest on Beauty Me twice. So if you want to listen more, check out episodes 17 and 18. Um, so I'm using products she recommended to me. Um, but usually I'll start with a very gentle cleanser, like a CeraVe hydrating cleanser. Nothing that's going to foam up. I feel yeah. like foam in the morning is, is too, uh, like, yeah. dense. It's taut. <laughs> it leaves you a bit taut and tight. Yeah, a bit taut. I need something a bit more creamy, a bit more gentle. Um, and then I am using, it's from a brand called Cosmetics. Mm-hmm. And it's a very kind of, like, you'll find it in, like, a dermatologist's yeah. office, kind of, like, pharmaceutical brand. Mm-hmm. And it's like a vitamin C powder mm-hmm. um, that you shake out like a like a salt okay. package. Um, and then you mix it with the cosmetics brightening serum. Because I 
because I keep getting mask me. I'm left over. I have so Scar- many like scars. Honestly, the me post-inflammatory too. hyperpigmentation is real. Me too. Yeah. It's been. Te- it's it's really it really made me sad because I've always had acne on and off, but the mask knee. I went through a state of like dealing with the mask knee, you know, the inf- inflammation part. So it's calmed down, but then I was like, the scarring that is left behind because I'm so light, and obviously you're light as well. It's just, it's there. Never had so much before. It's there, and it makes you feel like you've had a spot for like eight months, and it's <laughs> yeah, and it really wasn't. <laughs> it's like I didn't sign up for this, but these made me really understand that certain products I was using, thinking that I was fighting that hyperpigmentation, actually weren't doing that. Things right. like vitamin C, yeah. which isn't like the hyperpigmentation, uh, like golden child everyone thinks it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so she implemented that brightening aspect into my routine so that is mainly to stop the um melanin from overproducing yeah you know while the spot is still Still juicy and happening and then after it's healed so it's just like a constant in the in the spot life cycle Mm, mm. tackler and that that is really really good it's not a brand a lot of people had heard of i hadn't before even i'm a beauty journalist Mm. and it's just such a nice you know it's like a very liquidy serum and I love mm. the, you know, the mixing the potion mm. thing in my hand. And then like, I love vitamin C in like a, a powder format. So I feel like it's actually working okay. and it's not just, you know, yeah. inspire. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing, which I think is step one of like my glow mm-hmm. is the, from the same brand, there's a peptide SPF. Okay. And that is so nice I don't get on with a lot of SPS because my skin is quite reactive mm-hmm. um but it's it's just so creamy like not a hint of ashiness okay um it's just I think it's my favorite SPF I've ever used ever. okay I need to um, look it up I need to look it up you need it it's really really good and all the products work in harmony with each other mm. and then I've been using instead of a foundation um I've been using milk sunshine tin. Oh, I love the look come of out that. With, they've repackaged it to be more sustainable. So it's like a clicker rollable. Okay. Um, you roll it over your face and I just blend it in. And then if I'm wearing makeup that day, I'll do makeup. Makeup always makes me feel a lot better. Mm. Um, for non-problematic and problematic reasons, I don't care. Like, I love makeup. And I think in lockdown, it's been such a such a my day goes my day goes it's more eventful when I have makeup on even if I don't do anything just the fact that I've been able to be a bit creative whether it's oh I'm gonna try putting my mascara on a different way today Mm -hmm. or um I'm gonna put my blush on my eyeshadow or things like that Mm -hmm. it's just having choice in your morning I think when something like lockdown is so mundane and day-to-day it's those little changes and tweaks which gives you life. <laughs> yeah, you have to take them where you find them, don't you? Because you just can't, you can't do all the things that you used to do, like the galleries, museums and music events. So it's like you have to create your own events. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um, I loved what you did the other day and um, you used the MAC mullet over on your lips and your cheeks. And I was like, I'm going to dig mine out. Um, so do you feel like without this 
period of time, you may have missed out on things. If we hadn't, you know, you, you said it's nearly the anniversary of going into lockdown. Do you feel without lockdown, there's things that you might have missed out on? I think so. I think I'm someone who, even outside of lockdown, I always notice the details of, of things. I think lockdown has sent me even into into even more of that. I've, mm. I noticed the details in like mundanity um, and I appreciate them a lot more. I think I've been able to, you know, I've been able to monitor my body, like the aches and the pains that I feel, you know, when my, like my intuition surrounding my body has grown. Um, I can tell when I've eaten something, my digestive system is like all over the place. And I, can tell now when I've eaten something what kind of slump it will send me into whether it's gonna you know cause a reaction mm. and things what gives me energy you know I never used to keep track of how much water I drank before um it was like boss of my list and mm. now it's just yeah I think noticing the small things that your body's telling you and also that your mind is telling you mm. and I think you just kind of coast above the surface of that constantly mm. when you're just busy busy, yeah. busy all the time and around other people all the time yeah because you're all like working hard all busy you know it's it's there's definitely that element element of that you know when busyness became like a badge of honor so busy so tired I barely slept and no one can really say that during lockdown. And instead, it's so mad because I really have the same feeling. I think I've never listened to my body more and in my entire life. I've started to notice things like I've developed an allergy to kiwis. Like I, if maybe if I'd eaten it at work or on a job, I would have ignored the fact that my throat was a bit swollen and, and I was sniffy and just got on with it. But now you're at home, it's like everything you do, you just notice so more and your body. And it's like you say, that burnout that you mentioned. For me, I tend to get burnout once a year and it's usually around September. For for some reason, there's been a lot of work over the summer, perhaps also like traveling, but also working. And there's always a moment where I'll get sick. And when I get sick, I'll get really sick because my body's like, now I've got you. Now we're going to sort out all the things that you've been ignoring. And I feel like lockdown has been a, you know, a much longer time period for us to all take notice. For some reason, as soon as you said, I get burnout once a year, it made me just kind of relax. Really? Even, I think even though, like you said, being busy has had been so glamorized, but then burnout wasn't glamorous. And it was like a bit of like a, it almost seems like a bit of a failure. Like no one wanted to admit to it, but everyone, if you looked around your office, everyone was low key burned out. And I think you, you noticing the rhythms and cycles of yourself that it happens once a year and it actually is in one month, I think makes a lot of, will make a lot of people feel like it's okay to admit to themselves that, oh, it's not just PMS, it's burnout. It's not just, (laughs) you know, I need to drink more water. It's burnout. And I think facing up to it and what it is will help you take care of yourself. Yeah. I think I really hope that the majority of people, I know it's been a tough time and way tougher for for some than others. Um, yeah. But burnout is so real. And 
I even see it now, you know, like when you'll have Zooms. So remember when Zooms were like, oh, I've got a Zoom. And then it was like five Zooms. And now it's like, don't want to put my camera on. Um, and you will see, I've seen faces on Zooms that look so tired, so sad, like they don't want to be there. And I'm, I'll try and talk to that person before or after and be like, are you okay? And there's always, you know, they're not. They're just getting through this time. And when the camera's off, you know, maybe they'll be relieved. Maybe they'll be sad. But I feel like it's been a real time to, if you ignore yourself through this time, then you are not going to cope when things go back to normal because it's not going to be the normal. It's not. And it's thing. I think people feel guilty about, like you said, a lot of people in this whole situation have been so, so unlucky and there's been real tragedies. So I think people feel guilty when their biggest tragedy is that they've had to stay at home. And I think if if we all just sit with the fact that collect, we've never had such widespread mass population of people going through a change, mm-hmm. like I'm moving house right now and the change of being in one house for like a year of lockdown mm. and then having to move. And I'm now living in different Airbnbs until mm. I find a new house. Mm. Just that change I can feel has just completely floored me. Right. So anytime that we are all collectively going through a change in like our day to day, that's reason enough for one day you're waking up and you feel like at the bottom of a hole, mm. but then the next day somehow you're okay. And then the next day the sun's come out and everyone's commenting about the sun and we're so happy. <laughs> and we're yeah. taking pictures in the sun and we're going to places we've never been before just because the sun is shining. So it's so okay to go through those peaks and troughs because even if nothing terrible has happened to you personally or anyone you know, because it is, it's how your body responds to change. Like we're just trying to like stay on the surfboard. Um, yeah you know you're so right but it's so weird because life does have peaks and troughs um but I guess maybe they were more regular you know like if you've got a day job your peaks and troughs is like Monday to Friday you work for somebody else and then the weekend it's different but I wanted to ask you because you know I've mentioned your glow you're a beauty writer you're an influencer you create amazing content you've written for you know Sunday time style you've you are there in the beauty world. And of course, your Instagram reflects that. Lots of beautiful imagery. But I wanted to know for you, were there any, because it's easy, I can make assumptions from that. You know, it's easy. You choose to put out certain things on social media. Can you describe to me if there was ever, did you have any like real down days during lockdown like what did they look like for you absolutely one of them was last night like I woke up this morning my eyes were so puffy and I was like okay just because it's such a you never know when things are going to hit you and like I think it's like last night I had such a down night my family had to really comfort me because you know we're moving like moving in it I'm actually starting to tear up but moving in a pandemic is really stressful because you you just don't feel safe at all and I think when your home has been like such a shell Mm, mm. um and it's been the one constant you can rely on and then you don't know what the future of that looks like I mean there are people in this pandemic who are homeless literally but 
it's it's just such a I feel very grateful to have somewhere like shelter and, and mm. everything but it's mm. just very um I've moved 27 times and I'm 26 like wow. so I think I've always just been like oh like it's going to be a new adventure mm. if I've moved house with my family mm. but this time has really hit different and mm. I think having a very frank discussion with my family about it about mm. how it's just when you've had just a home which has been your comfort and it's actually been the source of all of your distractions over the past year mm. Mm. um it's been the one constant we can rely on is our homes as yeah. much as we hate them and want to get out yeah, of them yeah. some days yeah. so it's quite hard to then something which you've resented the whole of lockdown like these four walls yeah to then have to come out of that and then find something else which you're going to feel safe in is mm. really um quite stressful so mm. That was the most recent down day. I think mm. all my other down days in lockdown have been triggered by a lot of things, whether it's, you know, a friend or a family who's going through a really hard time in lockdown. Mm. Um, there have been so many peaks and troughs. There's been so many, like, late-night conversations that have, have left everyone in the room, you know, in tears. And it's just, mm. there have been a lot of heart-to-hearts. And, you know, it's just even times when you just feel down when everyone else should be happy. When I found out that lockdown was lifting and clubs are going to be open again, I didn't feel anything. Um, on social media, there were so many memes going around <laughs> yeah. and like all my group chats were like popping off. Everyone's like, oh, what are our plans? And I just felt like, I just, I felt guilty because everyone else was so excited. But my first reaction was like, no, like just let's not. It was like yeah. it, I just thought of last summer when like, I can't believe the fact that last summer, like I went to like a couple of house parties when we were allowed to and things like that. It's just now that we're in this pattern of it, it's just, mm. I think there are times where it feels like we're all collectively meant to um, be, you know, celebrating the same things, yeah. but not everyone wants to no not everyone feels ready not everyone feels safe to do so um I would not be in the club nope <laughs> but if any if you want to be in the club honestly no judgment and mm. I look forward to seeing all the Instagram stories <laughs> and all the close friend stories and people doing things they shouldn't be doing yeah I love I just, close friend stories I, I just I didn't feel that excited mm, same it's, same I yeah. I was like no if, if that's where everyone's going I'm I don't want to go there. And it's not even because I'm scared of um, getting COVID. I just, mm. no, I'm good. Like we've yeah. survived this long without it. For me, freedom is like, I just want to walk outside for as long as I want and mm. eat an ice cream sitting by a river or something or or, or maybe go away. You know, that's my Same. maximum. Me too. I want to go on holiday I want Zara to open up so I can return all the stuff I bought for <laughs> lockdown. I want to, I want like a massage. I, for me, it, beauty stuff is what I'm looking for. Yeah. Most. Beauty, I've, when I've, when things had opened up before, I felt very safe in beauty spaces. Um, everything was so clinical yeah. and really, people really obeyed. Mm. Um, because the beauty industry suffered so much. I think that industry, more than I noticed with like the restaurant industry, Oh, um, for sure. 
you know, I saw a lot of chefs in kitchens, you know, not wearing masks, you know, handling food in any kind of way. And I think beauty, I think our industry has been quite shook to be like shut down again. Yeah. Um, So people really follow precautions really well. Yeah, I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but thank you so much. It's like, you know, you would be well within your rights to have cancelled talking to me today if that's how you felt because it's so real and like you say it changes every day you know I wasn't expecting you to say you know your last down day was yesterday you know that's hard and I'm right there with you I think I had one a few days ago so I appreciate you still talking to me I really do but do you mind telling me why you've moved so many times is that a family thing or um another astrology reference <laughs> and oh by the way I need Sorry more astrology because my husband's Virgo and you've been telling me I'm like okay I need more information <laughs> well my mum's a Sagittarius it's not all because of my mum but I think my mum has such an explorative nature she she wants to see what the world has to offer if something isn't working for her she doesn't believe in staying stuck in it whenever I wanted to leave a job because I'm not happy she's like do it whenever I wanted to leave a relationship where I'm not happy she's been like do it like just take a leap of faith Mm. so I was born in Los Angeles where my parents met they're both British my Mm -hmm. mum's got a name British Mm -hmm. and so that's where my I guess my first house was um I moved back to England when I was still a baby um to London and in London I only I said only lived in like three or four different places um a lot of the time when we moved, you know, my mum, uh, for part of my life, she was a single mum before my parents got back together. So it was her trying to make things, mm-hmm. you know, fit for mm-hmm. us um, as much as well as she could. Or she wanted to move us to a, diff- to a better school. So then we'd move to a different um, flat. And then I think when I got to the age of about nine, my mum, I think my mum, she's a teacher and I think she taught at a very, very, very rough comprehensive school mm-hmm. in Northwest London. And I think she she was dealing with, it was very much like a Waterloo Road kind of situation, oh. kid adulthood kind of situation. And I think she saw all these like 13, 14 year old girls and boys. And I think she got a bit worried that, um, I think she wanted us to stay kids for as long as possible. I think London kids, um, are so great because like you learn you are around so many different cultures all the time and you but I think there's a certain awareness that comes when you're an inner city kid rather than living somewhere else so she moved us to Bournemouth which is where I am now um for some rest and she she moved us there with my dad and we lived in we suddenly we went from like a council flat to a huge house with a garden I had my own room didn't have to show my sister Um, stayed at the same school I went to secondary school there but then I in year seven I really struggled because I I basically just didn't have friends I went to a girls school and my best friends from my best friends from primary school um, you know Sonny didn't want to be my friend anymore and I was the only I was the only non-white kid Mm. 
um, I think there was a, in my whole year group, there was another black girl and there was a girl from Bangladesh. But other than that, they weren't even in my like form group. Mm. Um, so there was a lot of like, I think going from a very multicultural area where I didn't even think about race. And then suddenly in Bournemouth, I was very aware of race. Mm. Um, so my mum was like, we don't need to stay here. Like, just because we bought a house here and you go to school here, we don't have to stay. She's like, I'm a teacher. We can live wherever we want. Mm. She applied for jobs in the Bahamas, in Singapore, in Amsterdam. She ended up getting the job in Amsterdam. Mm. I, at the time, I didn't know where Amsterdam was. I was like, <laughs> I know it's not in England. Um, <laughs> is it in Germany? Um, we went and visited. We loved it. So I went to the school my mum taught in. And we, yeah, we really loved it. Um, I had a great upbringing for three years in Amsterdam. And then something happened with our school, like the international school system, you know, is very up and down. So our school was on the verge of closing down. Um, So we had to, and we couldn't afford to go to any of the other private schools, any of the international schools. So my mum... also didn't want to put us in a Dutch school because, mm. you know, we we didn't speak Dutch well right. enough. So then she got a job in Portugal. We moved to Portugal. Um, so I finished school in Portugal, graduated from there. After that, I mean, I include in my moving house thing, you know, moving house in uni. I came back to England for uni. Um, and I think it's just hard. Like, I've moved house a lot because... You know, when you're in a new country and you don't know what's a good price to pay for rent, what the good areas are, you we ended up moving in each country yeah. a few times yeah. before we found the right fit. But then something else would happen in life. So I think mm. my life has been one of like a lot of experimentation and just trying things and seeing where we go. But we don't, uh, my family definitely isn't one to stay stuck in situations mm. if we're not happy. Mm. So I think 27 is such a huge number. But at the time, and we've we've gone back thinking how, you know, which move could we have just, you know, not done? <laughs> and it's actually only two or three of them where we could have just, you know, stayed yeah. where we were. During all of these moves and experiences, when did beauty come into your life? In Portugal and Amsterdam, like, none of my friends like makeup. I think I have one friend, Margaret. Shout out Margaret. Um, and she showed me YouTube tutorials. She would go on holiday to America and bring back like all this makeup and stuff and we'd play. We were the ones getting told off at school for wearing makeup. Um and but other than that, you know, in the Netherlands and in Portugal, like everyone's very natural and fresh faced, like makeup isn't a thing like Mm. there there aren't really even that many makeup shops and stuff you have department stores but other than that there's not Mm. so when I came to university um I went I was like oh my god boots oh my god super drug this is not big boots Oxford Street Um, oh my god (laughs) beauty subscription delivery boxes um it was crazy and while I've been in Portugal I'd secretly been filming YouTube videos. I found them the other day as I was clearing out my hard drive. Oh, wow. And I've been secretly filming beauty videos and uploading them. 
And then a boy from my school found one of them and like sent it to me. And I just like made my whole thing private. I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. <laughs> so I think it's really funny now that I <laughs> I do that now and just feel fine with it. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. And um, I was always good at writing. I loved BT. I didn't think the two of them could be a job together. Um I didn't have access to like magazines um, in English, really, where I was. Okay. Um, so I used to, I used to like save up my pocket money to buy like a magazine, like In Style or Vogue or Glamour was mm. like my favorite at the mm. time in English, which was like extortionately priced. <laughs> and but I, I just didn't put two and two together that like. I thought, okay, either I see a lot of people doing beauty YouTube stuff, but I feel too shy to do it. Like, um, I, you know, I can't afford really expensive makeup. So I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm reviewing like Miss Sporty and like Essence and stuff. Um, whereas like the Patricia Brightson people Mm. were like being sent really like amazing products. I was like, Oh, I just, I don't think I can, you know, Mm. do that. Mm. I'm scared. So then I, I called up a family contact who worked at Marie Claire and I was like, um, I was like, can you help me? Like, how do I get into this? And she goes, come in intern with the beauty team at Marie Claire for two weeks. And I was like, oh my God, like, and then from then on, I just did not stop. Like I missed my graduation because I didn't want to miss a single day of my Marie Claire internship. I got locked into it. I luckily got a paid internship um, just after two weeks of interning within wow. the company um, of a, a parenting magazine called Good to Know. Um, so I was 21 writing articles about, you know, jaundice and how to fuck <laughs> your baby and all this stuff. And um, then it's just was going from company to company within the parent company of mm. called that who were then called time inc yeah and now future publishing i think mm-hmm. um and then i moved to stylist mm. and then that was like my first proper proper job and that was three years ago and would you say that you've got a goal to become like what do you want to be in the beauty industry i feel like I say a couple of years ago, I kind of came to the realization that I, I didn't feel like being a beauty director would be like the peak, mm-hmm. so not the peak for me, but mm. having having, you know, climbs through the ranks, the point where I'm now like beauty editor level. Mm. Um, and I think that realization really came with reading. Elaine Welteroth's book more than enough mm. um I'd taken two weeks off from work because I got chicken box mm. somehow and I I use that time to really sit and reflect about you know when I go back to work what do I want to do because I don't just want to do I don't just want to be in my comfort zone and reading her book really sparked that because she was someone who it was so amazing reading a book of someone who had done the same thing as I'd done. They'd been an intern, they'd been like on a beauty team, they'd done all this. And then she was became editor-in-chief of Team Vogue, completely changed the magazine around. But now she's she's gone on to do so much more mm-hmm. than that. And I don't necessarily want to be a TV presenter like she does or to do to follow her path exactly. But mm-hmm. she showed me that 
there is not just, you know, there's not just a limit to what you can do as a journalist, especially like a beauty or a fashion journalist. You can, you can be multi-hyphenate without, you know, people rolling their eyes and thinking, oh, she's not sticking to her lane. Mm -hmm. So I went back to work with such a, nothing has ever lit such a fire in my belly as reading that book. And I went back, I, I created so many more opportunities for myself. Like if there was a chance to go out of my comfort zone, I took it. Um, I started to be, to feel, to feel more, it's like she gave me like a bit of a nod to start creating myself as a brand. I never, I never before reading her book thought of myself as like an isolated thing. I thought of myself as part of a beauty team, as part of this, everything I do, like our magazine comes first, I come second. I'd be too scared to like post something on social media in case, you know, people look at me and be like, why is Ava trying to be an influencer? Mm -hmm. And it took me back to those days of like when I'd secretly record YouTube videos and stuff. (laughs) But at some point you just have to not care what people think. And I think, yeah. So if to answer your question, I don't know if I can, because I don't, I'm leaving my future completely open. Like if I, if I stop writing articles completely and go in a different direction, that's fine. I don't want to be just a journalist. That's anything I do. I don't want to just be an influencer and just rely on Instagram. Instagram can just go. Like everyone keeps saying it. If you keep saying it, it will probably happen. But Instagram (laughs) can just go. And I just have so many more skills and abilities that I haven't even discovered yet or just starting to, to say to me, Hey, look Mm. at me, like, you can do this, you can mm. do that. Have you ever tried that? So I think, I don't know, the future, there's a great um, there's a great fear and comfort in not knowing what, what you can do with your future. But it sounds to me like with all those moves that you've done, that's prepared you for that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it, it must be tough. Some of it must sometimes feel like it would be good to have an anchor, but at the same time, you are able to do that and be open. And I think that is like a gift in itself that you can, you're able to feel that way because it's so easy to say I should instead of I could. Do you know what I mean? Um, you mentioned the multi-hyphenate thing. It's so I write, I photograph and I speak. And before I would have felt like, no, no, no you have to stick stick to one because nobody's going to take you seriously. And I feel like even lockdown has changed how people see that now. Like the more you can bring, it's so much, you know, so much the better because you're able to communicate on different levels and you're able to be flexible. So it sounds like you've just got the perfect mindset for just being able to go anywhere I think so. Yeah, you're so right about lockdown changing everything because, you know, you could be out here giving 150% to your day job and then they furlough you or they cut you. Yeah. Um, it's been the year of like the side hustles becoming like reality. And yeah, I think it's such a good time for people to, to like, yeah, go delve into the things which they were too scared to do before. Because then we like, we are a society who we look around and if someone else is doing it, then we're like, okay, maybe I can do it. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to have to read that book now. I 
I, I think every time I've had to make a major career decision, I can't. It's so weird. I act like it's the Bible or something. It's not. <laughs> I like will just hold it and I'll just close my eyes and open it up to a page. And wow. it's like somehow, not always, but a lot of the time there'll be just a sentence or a paragraph in there which kind of nudges me towards mm. the right direction. Mm. I think it's really, yeah, I don't think it's overhyped. I don't okay. think you have to worry about that. So we're coming up to the last two questions now. Okay. First of all, I would love to know, when do you feel you're most you, like in your element, like the most beautiful, the most confident? I think one thing lockdown has shown me is that the one of the biggest deciders of how, how good I'm going to feel is whether I've slept. So last night was the first time I slept soundly for like two weeks and I woke up with just such a sense of peace and if I don't sleep properly I turn into the worst version of myself I'm snappy I'm irritable I like I'm like really hungry and stuff but then I don't really want to like cook or take care of myself like my I'm like crying out for all that self-care but then my like tiredness just makes me just lock up and not want to take care of myself Mm. I say that's the number one like if you catch me on my best days where I feel like everything is fine I would have slept the sun like when I was in an office before I didn't really care if it was sunny or not like you know my sun was like the glare from my computer screen but honestly if you wake up and the sun is like shining through your curtains it's this is how I know I have SAD for real because if it's gloomy and it's gray like I can't Mm -hmm. so actually a lot (laughs) I'm realizing a lot of the things which make me feel the most the most myself and the most happy and therefore the most beautiful are things which are kind of out of my control but you know it it's recognizing that on those days um on those days where I don't feel on top of it, I have to rely on small things. Like, you know, there have been so many days where I have to shoot content for brands and I'm not feeling good. Like, the weather is grey. I haven't slept properly. Like, I'm just really irritable. And the last thing I want to do is, is like, uh-huh, on camera. Mm. But you find solace in like small things that you know whether it's you know a fully stocked fridge or my pancakes turned out just perfectly or I got a really exciting uh, email or a friend who I hadn't had from a while checked in or I reached out to a friend to check in on them and we had a really nice discussion so it's it's kind of like I feel the best when I manage to turn those days around Mm -hmm. even like in small victories So last question, you know, we've talked about social media and obviously you are an influencer, but I wanted to know, is there something that people wouldn't know from you that you would like people to know about you? I'd say one thing, probably things we touched on today. I think people would probably not know, like if I'm in a, if I'm feeling really down or my anxiety is going crazy, you won't see me on Instagram. I'm not going to post and I'm not going to pop back with like, hi guys sorry I've been away for so long I've been having it like I don't I like seeing when other people do that because I worry about them if they've been gone but then for me I don't actually I don't actually do that um so I think people would be surprised to know that it, it really can go up and down up and down um 
because you won't see my down moments mm-hmm. unless I feel like I'll only share my down moments if I think that it's something which other people can benefit from. Um, I think in lockdown, I had I had quite a like I had a crash moment where I think it was Mental Health Awareness Day actually, mm-hmm. and I have a condition called trichotillomania, which okay. is when you it is kind of the same line as yeah hair pulling it's the same line as like skin picking Mm -hmm. and like nail biting and stuff and I've been really good with it and didn't feel like I wanted to do it for Mm. a long time and then lockdown breeds like the perfect environment for for hair pulling and skin picking and things like that boredom you're isolated Mm -hmm. you have an uncertainty and anxiety about you know the future a lot of high pressure mm-hmm. that is all you know and in a more intense focus on you know you're able to just sit there and like look in the mirror and like yes. see imperfections if yeah. you're a skin picker that's what you're going to see you have time to like pick up spots and stuff mm. so and I just had a crash because I was like oh my god I've started pulling my hair again it's mental health awareness day and like I don't see any resources or anyone talking about this very small, mm. very small uh, mental health disorder, which affects mostly women. So I think I put, that's the most like revealing, I think I've mm. been on my stories where I was just like, if anyone, you know, is suffering from this, I am too. Mm-hmm. Lockdown's re- and I realised that lockdown is really hard and stuff. And then I just spent all night talking to people who have it. Um, so, but I don't, I don't know if I'd really do that again. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Again. Yeah. I love when people share a lot on Instagram. I love even when people overshare. I'm like, you know what? You felt compelled that moment to do that. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know. I think I have to sit with it and think like, do, am I trying to control things too much? I think I just don't, I like keeping things for myself. I think I don't like friends will make fun of me they're like oh like you can have you can have like a boyfriend for like two years and we'll never see him on social media but I just don't I don't know I don't know I'm gonna think about it but I'm not gonna change that's all I know. thanks so much for listening you can find me on instagram at beauty me podcast and feel free to slide into the dms do please like subscribe and review it really helps beauty me be seen